This is literally everything, 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 everything. If you're like me, you have a pile of books older than your grandma's mom and taller than the Empire State Building just begging to be read. To top it off, you probably add several books to said pile every week, yet somehow find yourself in a reading slump with nothing to read. Uh Uh-huh, I see you. In an attempt to tackle my never-ending pile of books, I decided to start a podcast with hopes of making some sort of dent in said pile, and maybe help inspire your next read. I'm Odell. Welcome to Just Read It Already. Happy almost New Year, book nerds. Hope the holidays have been kind to you. I've been off work this past week. It's been so nice to just chill out, have lunch with friends, catch up on some reading, cuddle with my dog. November and the beginning of December were really, really busy for me, and I fell behind a bit, but I feel very accomplished after this past week. Mostly because I managed to get through all nine of my January arcs that I wanted to get off my list before the start of the year, and I'll highlight some of my favorites a bit later. So today is a special episode in that the format will be a bit different from past episodes. I'm going to focus on my top reads of the year and some of my reading accomplishments from this last year, and then share some of my 2024 reading goals and challenges and call out some books that are releasing in the coming year that I'm really excited about. But first, and I know I mentioned this before, the format of the show as well as the frequency of episodes will change in 2024. Going forward, I plan to drop down to just one to two episodes per month versus an episode every week. This is an estimate. Really, it's time and book dependent. This past year, I was reading furiously to ensure that I had three to five books to review per episode, and it got to be a lot. Not that I minded the reading, but then I had to write reviews for everything and then record and edit these episodes. And yeah, there's just a lot of time involved. So going forward, I plan to just highlight what I've read recently, be it three, six, nine books, share my thoughts on them, and then of course share upcoming releases that I'm excited about and a few other bookish things. So not a huge change, just less frequent episodes. And I feel like it will be much more manageable for me. I've also revamped my website and made it more blog-like, and I plan to post all of my reviews there, as well as to my Instagram. So be sure to follow me on Insta. It's at JustReadItAlreadyPod. Check out the new website at JustReadItAlready.com for all kinds of bookish news, reviews, and since I got a cricket and now I'm a crafty bitch, I also plan to put some handmade bookish items up there for sale for folks as well. So keep an eye out for that. So this past year brought us some really good books. And while I started this podcast to help push me toward reading and sharing my thoughts on books from my TBR, I think I ended up buying and reading more new releases than I intended. But honestly, not mad about it. Now, according to Goodreads, I read 168 books this past year. This is freaking crazy to me. Two of these were audiobooks, and one of them I didn't review because it was the final book in the series, and there was no way I could review it without spoiling the other books. Six of the 168 books I haven't written or shared reviews for yet. These were Blackouts by Justin Torres, which was actually the book of the year, 
Um, I felt it was an important topic. It was very creative. It just didn't work for me. Then we have Let Us Descend by Jasmine Ward. Great read, very heavy. We had The Maid by Nita Prose, which was super cute and fun, and I'm looking forward to reading the sequel. Then I read What the River Knows by Isabel Abanez, which is a young adult mystery that was very creative and fun. Then I read Again and Again by Jonathan Evison, which was super sweet and very unexpected. I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I ended up really liking the book. And lastly, Iron Flame, which I honestly enjoyed more than Fourth Wing, and I'm hoping to be able to write up reviews for these at some point, put them up on my blog and on Instagram, so check those out there. Then two of the 168 I have reviews written for, they will post soon. These are The Spell's Love by Kate Robb, which was super fun and magical. It was a rom-com. I really liked it. And then The Other Mothers by Catherine Faulkner, which is a nice little suburban thriller. And then, of course, nine of these were the arcs that I mentioned that I'll release in January, and I'll talk more about those in a bit. Now, of the 168 books that I read this past year, I rated 24 of them as five-star reads. And honestly, after reading so many books this past year, my baseline shifted a bit, and I would probably reduce some of the ones that I read earlier in the year down to like a four or a four and a half. I also rated 72 books between four and four and three quarter stars. Now again, I think some of these would probably drop to three and a half stars by the time I got to the end of the year and I compare them to some of my other reads, but that's where we are. So what I wanna do first is look at some honorable mentions from the past year before I jump into giving you my top 10 of the year. And since I had so many four to four and three quarter star reviews, I'm going to give you my top 10 four stars. And first on this list is Anastasia Ryan's You Should Smile More, which is about a woman who gets fired by her crappy boss because of her resting bitch face. She and some work friends decide to enact revenge and hilarity ensues. It was marketed as nine to five meets the office, and I can totally see that. It was a ton of fun. It's light. It's an easy read, and I laughed out loud several times. Another four-star fave was Bathhouse by P.J. Vernon. I loved that this was a gay thriller. I'm usually pretty good about figuring out the twist way before it's revealed, but I didn't catch this one until closer to the end. This is about a gay man who decides to cheat on his fiancée while the fiancée is out of town. And while he's at the bathhouse, the hookup that he meets tries to kill him. He barely escapes with his life, but the guy isn't done with him. And so now he's trying to thwart this killer who's stalking him without alerting his boyfriend that he actually was going to cheat on him. Also on my list of four-star faves is Stephen Rowley's The Gunkle. This is about a gay man raising his niece and nephew after their mother dies of cancer and their father goes through rehab. This one is super sweet and adorable, and I'm very much looking forward to the sequel that releases later this year. Another fave was Adelaide by Genevieve Wheeler. Adelaide is the name of the protagonist, and this poor girl is emotionally jerked around by this very clueless guy. I think the reason I like this one so much is because I saw myself in her in several ways, and that I have dated guys like this before, and just stuck around way too long and then once you realize how badly you've been manipulated it really sucks and it takes a toll on your mental health i enjoyed watching adelaide find her sense of self and self-worth 
Another fave was Who We Are Now by Lauren Chamberlain, which takes a look at the lives of a group of college friends over several years after college as they move on with their lives and try to keep their friendships intact. I really enjoyed this one. I recognize myself and several of my friends in these characters, which made it all the more poignant. I loved reading about the messy lives of the upper-class people in Ashley Audrain's The Whispers. When the young son of one of these affluent women falls from his window and now lies in a coma, many people in the neighborhood wonder if she may have done something to her son. Reviews were mixed on this one, but I loved it so much. And that very last page will just hit you in the gut. It was great. Another fave this year was The Drowning Woman by Robin Harding. This one was a twisty thriller that I read in a single sitting. That first act twist blew me away, and I loved it because the twist comes early in the book, and then the rest is just putting all the pieces together. I loved watching how it all came to be over the remainder of the book. This one is about a homeless woman who saves a wealthy woman from drowning, only to discover that the woman was trying to kill herself because of an abusive husband. The two women's lives eventually intertwine, and it gets really messy for both of them. Another favorite was Dead Eleven by Jimmy Giuliano. This was unexpected, and I read it during my month of horror reads in October. It's about a woman who goes missing while visiting a strange island where everyone is obsessed with the year 1994. Her brother sets out to find her, and what he finds is beyond strange. I highly recommend this one to anyone who enjoys a good creepy read. Another Halloween fave of mine was Darcy Coates' Dead of Winter, and this was almost a five-star read. This is about a group of folks who head out for a weekend retreat in the Colorado mountains only to have their bus break down in the middle of a snowstorm. They all shack up in an abandoned cabin and then one by one their decapitated bodies are discovered in the woods. One of them is a killer, but which one? This one was super fast paced and it read like a slasher movie which made me love it even more. And the last one in my top 10 four-star reads is The Good Part by Sophie Cousins. This was a super cute time travel book where the protagonist wishes to jump to the good part of her life, but then she wakes up to find it actually happened, and now she's in her 40s. She has two kids and a husband she doesn't know. Then she has to decide, should she go back or should she just settle in and enjoy the stability that she finally has? And because I had so many four-star books, it was super tough to pick just 10. A few honorable mentions include Always in December by Emily Stone, super sweet Christmas book. The Reformatory by Tanana Reeve Du, which is a really creepy historical fiction that takes a look at the Dozier School for Boys, which is just horrific. It's something that really happened in the United States. If you're not familiar, look it up, but be prepared to be horrified. Then we had Family Meal by Brian Washington, which is about a gay man reconnecting with his childhood best friend after his lover is murdered. Uh, the Night Swim and Dark Corners by Megan Golden. Great thrillers. I love the way she writes. She doesn't get overly twisty. It was great. Uh, Black Sheep by Rachel Harrison was a really fun, unexpected horror novel that I really enjoyed. Happiness Falls by Angie Kim totally blew me away. Very unexpected. Camp Damascus by Chuck Tingle is about a gay conversion therapy camp. It's a horror book. Really good. Yellow Face by R.F. Kuang, which was a Goodreads Choice winner. It's about a white woman who steals the manuscript of her dead Asian friend and passes it off as her own and becomes a best-selling author, but not without repercussions. 
We had Speech Team by Tim Murphy, which I highly recommend to all of my fellow Gen Xers. The Guest by Emma Klein. Reviews were mixed on that one. I loved it. Cassandra in Reverse, a little time travel book. Uh, Rom-Com by Holly Smale. Really enjoyed that one. House of Cotton by Monica Brashers was also really fun, dark, gothic, horror, loved it. And A Little Bit Country by Brian D. Kennedy. This is a young adult, male-male rom-com. Super adorable. Really liked it. Now, let's take a look at my top 10 favorite books of this year. And I'm going to attempt, well, I have already picked, but it was not an easy pick to pick the Just Read It Already book of the year for 2023. Let's jump in. Coming in at number 10 is Maybe Next Time by Seska Major. I didn't expect to love this one as much as I did. This is about a woman who gets stuck reliving the same day over and over, and at the end of each day, her husband dies every damn time. Obviously, she's meant to learn something so she can move forward, but what does she have to learn? I really, really like this one. Coming in at number nine is One Night in Hartswood by Emma Denny. A gay medieval romance? Who would have thought I would love this book as much as I did? The love story is a slow burn, and I was in love with the main characters and their journey. It was a great read. Highly recommended. And number eight is The Quiet Tenant by Clemence Michelon. I know I'm pronouncing that horribly. French name. Not working with my tongue. This was a new take on the serial killer trope. This one is told from the perspectives of three women in the life of the serial killer. First is the woman who he's holding captive and will likely be his next victim. Second is his daughter. And the third is his current girlfriend. This one is intense and I loved it. So good. And at number seven, we have Tom Lake by Ann Patchett. This is a beautiful story about a woman telling her daughters about the summer when she worked on a summer stock production of Our Town and had a showmance with a man who would go on to be a big Hollywood star. If you like audiobooks, I highly recommend listening to this one. Meryl Streep is the narrator, and it is sublime. Next, coming in at number six, one of my faves, obviously, it's on my top ten, The Gay Best Friend by Nicholas DiDemizio. Cannot tell you how much I loved this gay rom-com. It's about a gay man who's best friends with a man and a woman who are about to be married, and after a raunchy bachelor party, he's left with all kinds of secrets, including the fact that one of the groomsmen, who is also a pro golfer, is secretly gay, and they may or may not have hooked up, but he's also dating one of the bridesmaids who the gay best friend also has to go to the bachelorette party with. It's messy, it's funny, it's touching, and I need my own version of Bucky now, please. Coming in at number five is The Rachel Incident by Caroline O'Donohue. Talk about feeling called out. (laughs) This one was so much fun. I saw myself and my friend Aaron in these characters. We did some of these things when we were young and stupid in our 20s. So Rachel, the main character, develops a crush on an English professor. She and her gay best friend concoct a plan to get them together, but then the best friend ends up sleeping with the professor. Now, just for the record, we didn't do this. We did some of the other things in the background that these people did as they were developing their friendships. We never seduced a college professor. But to make matters worse in the book, the professor is married to a very lovely woman and Rachel is left holding all kinds of secrets. It's a lot of fun. I laughed out loud several times, but it's also very touching. 
Coming in at number four, one of my favorite horror reads of the year, Mavefly by CJ Lead. This one is a must read for horror fans. Maeve is a psycho that I couldn't help but root for. By day, she appears as a Disney princess, but don't cross her or you may end up dismembered in her basement. When her best friend's brother comes to town, there is instant chemistry between the two of them, but what if he finds out her dirty little secret? This is another one that I read in a single sitting, and I think about it often. It's so good. Coming in at number three, and honestly, these top four all were number one worthy. It was really difficult to pick. But coming in at number three is Chain Gang All-Stars by Nana Kwame Ajebrenya. This one was such a great read and definitely worthy of a spot on this list. It takes place in a distant future where prisoners can sign up to be part of a reality show where they fight to the death with other prisoners. Last person standing wins their freedom. It's a great social commentary on how messed up our prison system is and also pokes fun at how easily obsessed we become with reality TV. Read the footnotes when you read this. The author adds a lot of information about systemic racism and how people of color are unfairly targeted and imprisoned and all of the for-profit prison. Yeah, lots of good information. Highly recommend it. Number two is Brother and Sister Enter the Forest by Richard Mirabella. This book broke me, but in a beautiful way. Broke my heart. It's such a good read. It's about the complex relationship between a gay man who was emotionally abused by his mother and then horribly abused by an ex-boyfriend. Obviously, the guy develops some mental health issues. So many people have failed this poor man, but his sister does her best to keep him afloat. Absolutely beautiful, heartbreaking, but a really good and important read. And lastly, coming in at number one is Hello Beautiful by Anne Napolitano. I still think about this book at least once a week, seriously. I thought it was absolutely amazing. I recommend it to anyone who asks what they should read next. The characters are so rich and the story runs you through a full range of emotions. I, I, I just, I love it. I can't speak highly enough of this book. It's beautiful. Everyone should read it. And if you hated it, shut up. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> There's obviously something wrong with you. So there are my top 10, but I want to call out the others that were my five-star reads just because they were wonderful and I think everyone should read them. First is The Collected Regrets of Clover by Mickey Brammer. It's about a death doula. Just a sweet, sweet, beautiful book with a nice little touch of romance. It was great. I loved it. Then we had The Celebrants by Stephen Rowley, another one where it's about a group of friends. They have living funerals when any of them have something that they need to mourn and they all come together to help each other through that. It, it's beautiful. I'm not doing a great job of describing it, but definitely check it out. Another five-star read was Shark Heart by Emily Habeck, or Habeck, H-A-B-E-C-K. It was beautiful. It's magical realism about a man and woman who fall in love and then the man's diagnosed with a disease that makes him transform into a great white shark. There's a lot of allegory and symbolism in this book. It's beautiful. I would recommend it, but it's not your typical read. So when you settle in, expect something outside of the norm. Another five-star read was The September House by Carissa Orlando. One of my favorite Halloween reads this year. It's about a haunted house, but also about domestic abuse. Beautiful, funny, scary, had everything in it. Loved it. 
Another favorite horror book was Schrader's Court by Scott Leeds. This is about a man who dies who had in his possession a set of records that when they're played all at the same time, it opens the gates to the undead. His son inherits these records, and of course, he and his friends play them all at the same time. They unleash the dead, and now they have to figure out how to close the gate before they're all murdered by these ghost people. Lots of fun. Another one was Love Holly, a nice little sweet, bittersweet holiday read by Emily Stone. Highly recommended. And then I read The House in the Cerulean Sea and Under the Whispering Door by T.J. Klune. Absolutely beautiful, magical, keep your tissues handy for both of them. And of course, I reread The Exorcist by William Peter Blatty. Such an amazing, amazing horror book. If you like the movie, haven't read the book, read it. It's amazing. And then the other six five-star reads that I had on this list were The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo and Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. These are older releases, fully deserving of the five stars. I think I, I still feel that way about both of them. Then I rated The Last Word by Taylor Adams as a five star. It was a lot of fun, spoke to my slasher loving heart, but I don't know that I would still rate it five stars now. More close to four, I think. I also read and rated It Ends With Us and All Your Perfects by Colleen Hoover as five stars. I think these are also more like four star reads for me, if you were to ask me now. All right, that's my top 10 and some honorable mentions. Now I want to just quickly take a look at some of the books that are coming up in January. These are the nine arcs that I just read, and I want to give you a little overview since I won't have another episode for a while. So this week, there are a couple of the books that released that I really enjoyed. First one is a book titled Sky's End by Mark J. Gregson. This is a young adult fantasy that was a lot of fun. I would especially recommend this one to folks who read Fourth Wing but felt they were bogged down by an awkward romance. I felt that the world building was super strong and the characters are all great. It's about a teen boy who seeks revenge against his traitorous uncle and joins a faction of hunters who hunt and kill big-ass sky monsters that threaten their floating island world where they live. There are fighter airships, miles-long creatures that they're battling, lots of fun battles and secrets and intrigue. The romance is also on the very light side, which I appreciated. I highly encourage you to check this one out. I have a feeling it's going to be huge this year. I pre-ordered a finished copy as soon as I finished the arc. Another book that releases this week is Mercury by Amy Jo Burns. This is a work of fiction set in the 1990s and revolves around a family of men who are held together by the matriarch of the family, and then the young woman who enters their lives and finds herself in the position of being their new referee as the mother's health begins to decline. I thought it was absolutely gorgeous, and it got five stars from me. If you're a Book of the Month subscriber, this was one of the January selections, and I highly recommend it. I added a copy to my box simply because I wanted to have a hard copy of this one on my shelves. It's beautiful. I will have more in-depth reviews of both of these books on the blog and on Instagram this coming week, so keep an eye out for those. What Mother Won't Tell Me by Ivor Leon Menger also releases next week. This was a nice little mystery thriller. It's a quick read and I gave it three stars. I would have rated it higher, but I felt like it was very predictable and almost a little too familiar. It's about a brother and sister who live on an island with their parents and they're not allowed to leave the island. Their parents tell them that to leave the island would put them in extreme danger, but what's really going on? 
I went into this one with my suspicions of what was going on and they all panned out, which again was why I rated it three stars. That one comes out, I think, on the 7th of January. And I'll have a review that same week. Some of the other books that I've read that release in January include Only If You're Lucky by Stacey Willingham. This is also available through a book of the month this month. I thought it was a fun, twisty thriller. I didn't catch the twist until right up when it happened. It was great. It got four stars for me. Then we have My Fair Brady by Brian D. Kennedy. I really enjoyed A Little Bit Country, as I mentioned earlier, by the same author, and I love this one even more. It's an LGBTQIA plus rom-com set against the backdrop of a high school theater production of My Fair Lady. I loved it. So cute. I also read The Clinic by Kate Quinn, which is about a woman who checks herself into rehab after her sister dies in the same rehab clinic. She is looking for answers, and she may not like what she finds. I wanted to like this one more than I did. I gave it three stars. We also have 27 Minutes by Ashley Tate, which is about a small town that's still reeling over the death of a high school girl 10 years earlier. Her death was suspicious, and many wonder why her brother, who was involved in the crash that killed her, waited 27 minutes to call the police and report the accident. I ended up giving this one three and a half stars because I liked the story, but some of the characters were hard to connect with, and a lot of the dialogue felt really unnatural. We also have Not Dead Enough by Tiffany D. Nieheiser, or Nieheiser, Nieheiser, N-E-I-H-E-I-S-E-R. This is also about a car accident, but in this one, it kills the boyfriend of a high school student. She is slowly getting over his death, but then weird things begin to happen that make her think the ghost of her ex is haunting her. Because he did tell her that if he couldn't have her, then no one could. This was a four and a half star read for me. It's creepy. It also touches on some important and difficult topics like abuse, PTSD, and mental health. And lastly, I just finished Not Bad for a Girl by Anastasia Ryan. This was another four and a half star read for me. She is so perfectly able to write about ridiculous workplace shenanigans and how unfairly women are treated in the workplace. The dialogue is always very quick and witty. I also feel like I relate to or have friends who are exactly like the characters that she writes. I highly recommend this one, and if you've not read You Should Smile More, you should absolutely grab a copy of that as well. Now, some other books that I'm super excited about in the new year include The Gunkel Abroad by Stephen Rowley, it releases, I think in May, I have an arc of this. I can't wait to read it. I'm also looking forward to The Fury by Alex Michaelides, which is coming in my January Book of the Month box. I have pre-ordered The House of Flame and Shadow by Sarah J. Moss. I still need to read the second book in that series. And The Book of Love by Kelly Link is another book that sounds intriguing, and it releases in February. A few others releasing throughout the year include I Was a Teenage Slasher by Stephen Graham Jones, which releases in July. Anything slasher related, I'm going to read. I'm also looking forward to American Rapture by C.J. Lead because I loved Maeve Fly so much. Horror Movie by Paul Tremblay. Bury Your Gaze by Chuck Tingle. And Beyond the House in the Sea by T.J. Klune, which is a follow-up to House in the Cerulean Sea. Really looking forward to that. Now, before we start wrapping things up for the day, I want to fill you in on a couple of challenges that I am partaking in this year as far as my reading goes. One of my biggest goals is to continue chipping away at the TBR, and I have selected 24 books from my TBR that I plan to get to this year. Now, the only criteria here was I actually had to have these books in my possession, and they had to be released before January 1st, 2024. 
So some of these are older. Some of these were released just here in 2023 in the last few months. But first on my list is In Memoriam by Alice Wynn. Then we have The Manor House by Gilly McMillan. Empire of the Vampire by Jay Kristoff. Huge book. It's a little intimidating, but I plan to get to it this year. I have to. Because the second one comes out, I think, in March. Then we have The Sundown Motel by Simone St. James. Nestlings by Nat Cassidy. The Long Game by Elena Armas. In the Lives of Puppets by TJ Klune. The Last House on Needless Street by Catriona Ward. Red Rising by Pierce Brown, finally going to start that series. I've had it on my shelves for so long. The Last Housewife by Ashley Winstead. Ten Things That Never Happened by Alexis Hall. Chasing the Boogeyman by Richard Chismar. Throne of Glass by Sarah J. Maas, finally going to start that series after having it for, I don't know how many years since that first released. The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Young Mungo by Douglas Stewart. All the Sinners Bleed by S.A. Cosby, And They Lived by Stephen Salvatore, Like a Love Story by Abdi Nazemian, shit, I know I'm not pronouncing that correctly, N-A-Z-E-M-I-A-N, Clown in a Cornfield by Adam Cesar, The Return by Rachel Harrison, Wolf Song by T.J. Klune, House of Sky and Breath by Sarah J. Maas, Remains of the Day by Kazuo Ishiguro, who wrote probably my favorite book of all time, Never Let Me Go. If you haven't read it, you should. And lastly, We Are the Ants by Sean David Hutchinson. No, we're not related. He has an extra N in his last name. I'm also planning to see how many of the prompts from Pop Sugar's 2024 reading challenge that I can get through, and I'll be tracking all of this on my blog at justreadalready.com. So keep an eye out to see how I'm doing. Also, if you want to do a buddy read on any of the 24 books that I selected for my challenge that I just listed, let me know. Hit me up on Instagram, send me a DM. That might be kind of fun. We can, I've never done one before, but you know, we can figure something out. So that's all I have for today. We survived 2023, and despite me reading 168 books, I still managed to have some semblance of a life. Sometimes I amaze myself. I hope you all have a safe and happy new year. Be sure to follow the podcast on whatever podcast app you listen on so that new episodes will automatically appear because like I said, I don't necessarily have a set schedule right now. New episodes will continue to drop on Monday. I just don't know when or how often. (laughs) But if you subscribe or follow, you will get those episodes delivered directly to your phone or wherever you're listening automatically. So please do that. Also, go over, follow me on Instagram at justreadaalreadypod.com. You'll get the full experience there, and you'll always get the most up-to-date bookish information. I also follow some really cool people, so check out my followers list and go give some of them some love as well. So there we have it. I'm going to let you go. Have a happy, happy, and safe new year. Here's to a lot of good books, lots of reading time, and just an easy, easy time in 2024. Take care.